0: Episode number 102 of the Sports Spectrum Podcast is presented by Compassion International. We are so excited to be partnering with Compassion and the wonderful work that they're doing, the Christ-centered, Christ-based ministry that is helping children around the world have training, have medical care, food, education, the opportunity to know Jesus Christ. I mean, they're making an impact. They're doing an amazing work. Every child that is sponsored is being discipled in the Word of God through Compassion. And this is your chance for $38 a month to partner with Compassion and to go and sponsor a child. It's a wonderful way to provide hope and give these children an opportunity to have the basic essential needs. Like I said, medical care, food, vocational training. Compassion.com is the place to go. This Christ-centered ministry is impacting lives throughout the world. Over 1.8 million children in 25 countries have been impacted by Compassion. So partner, go to Compassion.com, sponsor a child for just $38 and make a difference in a child's life. Today's guest on the podcast, one half of the Benham Brothers. We're going to talk to Jason Benham here on the podcast. And along with his brother David, they're the author of the new book, Miracle in Shreveport, a memoir of baseball, fatherhood, and the stadium that launched a dream. And I really enjoyed talking with Jason and his brother David uh, at a conference a few weeks back in Hartford, Connecticut called Iron Sharpens Iron. And I got to meet them guys. I got, uh, I bought a book of theirs, the new book, Miracle in Shreveport, had them autograph it. And then just asked them if they'd be willing to do a podcast to talk about the book. Because you want to talk about faith and sports intersecting. That is this book, Miracle in Shreveport, and their story of how they uh, just achieved their baseball dream in playing in the stadium that they went and watched as a kid. Uh, this is an amazing story. Jason was gracious enough to give us the time to tell Uh, the entire story of what Shreveport means and what it is. Jason and David both played minor league baseball, professional baseball, both drafted by the Red Sox and the Orioles, respectively, and then got to play together in the Cardinals organization. And I'll just leave it at that. This story is, I mean, it's really unbelievable. Uh, We throw that word around a lot. But the best screenwriter in all of Hollywood could not have written this story could not have written the the way that this kind of panned out and the way God orchestrated Jason and David Benham to come together and have one chance to play baseball in the minor leagues together. So without further ado, let's get right to it. The amazing story of the Benham brothers. Here is Jason Benham on the Sports Spectrum Podcast.
1: Welcome, Jack. Hey, thanks for having me, brother. It is
0: great to talk to you. I'm excited. Your new book, Miracle in Shreveport, a memoir of baseball, fatherhood, and the stadium that launched a dream. Now, I peeked ahead to the end. I know I told you before the interview that I'm in the middle of reading it, obviously, and I heard your guy's story recently at an Iron Sharpens Iron event, actually, here in Hartford, Connecticut. Yes. Loved your heart, loved the willingness to share your story and impact others with the Word of God. So let's start with the idea for the book. And you've obviously written a few other books, including Living Among Lions and Whatever the Cost. So tell us about this book. Why write this book right now?
1: Well, let me tell you that uh, the, our first book, Whatever the Cost, was our story about the HGTV experience and how the Lord, through our own weakness, allowed my brother and I to stand strong in the face, in the face of a cultural firestorm. And uh, and 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 then our second book, Living Among Lions, was our attempt to help other people to stand strong and to write their story. Um, but then this third book, this was so fun. I, David and I actually our very first book that we wanted to write was Miracle in Shreveport. Mm. But of course, the publishers, you know, they 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 wanted a speci- a specific order, which made sense actually because the the public needed to know who we were. And so, Miracle in Shreveport was a story that basically spanned uh, a 20 year period of our lives from five to 25 where God did an absolute miracle. And during the time where David and I were going through that tough HGTV experience when they fired us uh, for standing up for our beliefs and they didn't allow us to be on their uh, reality show. um, Even though they had already sunk so much money into it, uh, the, the testimony that we drew strength from was this particular story in Shreveport. And uh, and so that's the beauty of testimony, is that it gives you a God story where your faith intersected with God's faithfulness, and then from that day forward, you're changed forever. So Miracle in Shreveport was written to show people what inspired us during that HGTV uh, situation.
0: In the book, obviously this podcast is a sports and faith podcast, It's and our listeners obviously are our- Many of them are, are Jesus-loving sports freaks, if you will. So yeah. as I'm reading this book, I am seeing the intersection, if you will, of sports and faith on so many levels, and it's just perfect for our audience and for this podcast. So let's dive a little deeper into the book, but start with, because really, this book is a memoir, and it starts when you guys were kids. So take us to your childhood, life with your dad, the dream you and your brother had, you guys had as kids, and how kind of it culminates with this book.
1: Well, when my brother and I were five, our dad was a pastor, and we had an older sister. And of course, as a pastor, there's not a whole lot of uh, uh, money left over to do fun fun and fancy vacations. So our vacations every year were spent going back and forth from Dallas, Texas, up I-20 to Atlanta, Georgia. And at that point in our lives, our dad had gotten us into baseball, and he was our baseball coach. And... He, uh, he, 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 he and my brother and I, all three kind of shared the same dream of baseball. We just love the game of baseball, man. What a, what an American sport, right? The game of baseball. Of course, I guess football, football might be the favorite for a lot of people now, but still baseball is just American history. And, um. So our dad really instilled the love of the game of baseball into us, actually even took us to see the movie, The Natural. You remember that movie?
0: Robert Redford. Fantastic.
1: Roy Hobbs. That was one of our favorites. And we actually even opened up our book that way, talking about how that that really helped solidify the dream that one day we would play professional baseball. And so getting back to us taking our vacations up I-20 to Atlanta, Georgia, when we were younger, I remember our dad, he would always... We'd go uh, take vacations in our little ice blue Caprice Classic station wagon. He'd lay down the seats in the back, and we'd fall asleep. We'd leave about 4.30 in the morning. Three hours later, we're driving through Shreveport. And uh, this happened every year when we would be driving through Shreveport around 7, 7.30 in the morning. Hmm. And uh, our dad, I remember the first time he, he, David and I were asleep in the back, and he reaches back there, and he shakes us. And he's like, boys, wake up. And we wake up groggy and we look over and he says, you see that stadium over there? And, the, and there was this huge stadium. It was a baseball stadium. It was actually Fairgrounds Field where the Shreveport captains for the the AA affiliate for the San, San Francisco Giants played. Mm. He said, you see that stadium over there? We said, yeah. He said, that, that's a professional baseball stadium. It's a minor league park where the professionals play. Let's pray that one day you boys can play together on the same professional team in that stadium. And we're like, okay. <laughs> Here we were young kids. <laughs> right. We didn't think about the power of prayer. We didn't think about anything like that. We were just like, okay, I want to go back to sleep. And so I remember our dad reached his hand back and he prayed. He said, Jesus, I pray that you would somehow miraculously get my boys to where they could play in this stadium together. And uh, in this, it, it, and on this exact same team. We, we fell back asleep, and, and then on the way back two weeks later, here we were, seven, eight, nine years old, whatever, however old we were, uh, coming back two weeks later, at this time, coming back from Atlanta down to Dallas, down I-20, and we would be, it would be nighttime, and typically the stadium lights were on, and I remember our dad reached back this first time we saw it, and he said, boys, there it is again. They're out there playing. He said, let's pray, and we would pray. And dad would pray, God, help my boys to be able to play on the same team, professional team in this stadium one day. And, you know, we prayed that prayer twice a year, all the way up until we were in high school, because we always went on vacation going to Atlanta. So to and from dad would, you know, reach his hand back and he'd make us grab his hand and he would pray. And then, and then once we got 14, 15 years old, we'd be passing the stadium again. And it was kind of like clockwork now. Hmm. And he'd say, "All right, David, you pray this time." So David would pray, and on the way back, Jason, you pray this time, and then I'd pray. And it was always, "God, help us to get on the same team, mm. professionally, and play in that stadium." And then when we were eighteen, we signed to play baseball at college at Liberty University. Um, and we every year we would pass by going driving up from Dallas to Liberty, you know Lynchburg, Virginia, yeah. and back down. We would we would pray just David and I together. Mm. And uh and so that started it and that started our dream and, and we held on to that. And then after our senior year of college, both of us got drafted. One was I was drafted by Baltimore, this is Jason. Yep. And then David was drafted by Boston. Now you know the first thing we did <laughs> when we got drafted? First thing we did was to yeah. go see if if either of those teams had a uh had a had a minor league club that was in the Texas League, which is where the Shreveport captains played. Right. And, uh, of course, neither of them did. But we didn't care at that point because we were so excited that we got to play professional baseball. And then after my second year of baseball with Baltimore, I actually broke my right shin in half. Like the old Joe Theismann injury. Remember yeah. when Lawrence Taylor came in and took his leg out?
0: I'll never forget it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. It makes me nauseous just thinking about it. Yes. (laughs) Well, that happened to me my second year with the Orioles. I was in Delmarva, Delmarva Shorebirds. I was playing an A ball. Actually, I was second base having to cover first base on a wheel play. Mm. And so the bunt went down the line and our third baseman fielded it, threw it into the line. And like an idiot, I dove into the base path to try to grab the ball, you know, because he he, he threw it errant. I should have just let it go. But I dove in the pace path to grab the ball, and I left my leg exposed, and the runner's right knee hit my leg, and my leg wrapped around his knee.
0: Oof.
1: It was gross. <laughs> but I thought baseball was over for me. I mean, I, I died to the game that night just before I went into surgery, and I just thought, Lord, I just want to walk. And uh, it took me a year to rehab from that, but the Orioles actually brought me back only 60 days later to release me. Mm. And at that point, this was 2000, May of two thousand. I had already played for three years and uh I had let the game go finally and I, I knew that, you know, God was doing other things. I got to play professional baseball, but never with my brother and never in Shreveport, but still I I got to play professional baseball and I'm happy.
0: Jason Benham joining us here on the Sports Spectrum Podcast, presented by Compassion International, and we're so grateful and thankful to be working with the great folks at Compassion. Go to Compassion.com. Sponsor a child today. Just $38 and change a child's life. Go to Compassion.com. Back to Jason Benham. With your faith, uh, you know, strong, obviously, growing up, the dad of, or the sons of a pastor, it had to be, get. there had to be some real tests and trials where you were just kind of looking at God like, really? Really? Oh. I mean, tell me, tell me about that and kind of go deep into that for a bit.
1: I remember... When I broke my leg, this is my second year in pro ball and and before I broke my leg, I thought, man, i'm going to make it to the big leagues. I know that God wants me in the big leagues because I'll speak for him. Uh, you know, I'll give a great testimony when I hit the home run and all these things and as I was laying there on that field, and I could hear the ambulance in the background way down, you know several miles away, but I could still hear the hear it coming and then it's driving out on the field and while I was laying there on my back with all the the team and the coaches around me and I, my my trainer was holding my leg together. I was crying because it was it was an emotional experience. You know, that there's a scripture verse that says in sickness, a man's spirit sustains him. Hmm. It was in that moment when I really felt the spirit of God. I felt a peace inside me. Yeah, I was broken. I was hurt, but I wasn't frustrated. Uh, there was a very real sense of God's got this. He knows what he's doing. This wouldn't have happened to you if God didn't first approve it. And so I knew that God was going to do something with this. I I didn't know if that meant I was going to get to play again, but I was willing to let the game go just because of my relationship with the Lord was at a point where I knew him well enough to know that he knew what was best for me. And honestly, that was a result. I was 20. Let's see. I was 24 at the time. That was the result of having been in the scripture and spending time alone with the Lord for the previous 12 years. Because I had given my heart to Jesus at 12 and started reading through the New Testament and then started reading through the Bible cover to cover every year and was had a really healthy, um, I guess you could call quiet time or devotional life with the Lord every day. And whenever push came to shove and I was in a real tragic situation, my spirit took over. And it mm-hmm. I know it was the spirit of the Lord. And that's the only thing that allowed me to get through that tough time in sports when I thought the game was over. Of course, then, you know, it happened again when I got released. Yeah. And uh, and I had that same sense, like, I know this is hard. I know this is difficult, but God has got this. He's doing something. I, you know, it's not going to be in the game of baseball. I didn't get to accomplish some of the dreams that I had, but that's okay. God knows where he's going, and he knows what he's doing, and I can trust him. Yeah. So, and that basically just set it up. For right after I got released, I ended up going and coaching in a small minor league, uh, actually a small independent ball, um, kind of a collegiate wood bat league in, in Torrington, Connecticut over the summer of 2000. <laughs> my brother, while I was on the slow track, which you know broke my leg, got released and no longer playing professional baseball, my brother was on the fast track. David had gotten traded from Boston over to St. Louis immediately into big league spring training. Uh, him and Albert Pujols came in together. Um, Albert ended up going to his Bible study, David, Mike Matheny, very close friends. And so he was on the fast track and he was playing in double A at the time in Little Rock, Arkansas. And he calls me and he says, Hey man, your season's about to be over. You know, it's, it was August of 2000 at this time. He said, your season's about to be over. Why don't you come spend the last two weeks of my season with me, his wife, Lori, and, and their son Bailey were going back to Florida and he was going to have two weeks alone. And I remember saying, no, man, if I get into a minor league setting, it's going to, I mean, I've already died to this thing. (laughs) I don't want to bring it back. And, but yet he persisted and prevailed. And so for the last, um, two weeks of his season, I drove down there. And I remember the first night pulling into old war Memorial stadium in little rock, Arkansas, where the, where the double a affiliate for the, Cardinals played, and um, I could smell the hot dogs and the popcorn and the peanuts, and I heard the music, and I was walking into the stadium, and this is the first time I had ever walked in as just a normal person. Like to get in, I had to have a ticket. You know, mm-hmm. I wasn't wearing a jersey, I wasn't on the field. I was wearing my shorts and flip flops and t shirt, and I just went and sat and watched, you know, David play the game, and. And uh, it was a great time for he and I because for the next several days we just worked out together and and uh, all sorts of fun stuff. And then one day David said, "Hey man, why don't you come to the field early tomorrow with me and throw me batting practice?" I said, "That's fine, but I don't want to hit <laughs> because if I pick up a bat, I mean, I don't want the, I don't want, I don't want to start that desire again." That's right. And, and yeah, he. He he said, "All right, no problem." He made the deal with me, and so I went through batting practice. And then, as we were picking up balls in the outfield, he said, "Hey, why don't you, why not you take a few swings?" And I was like, "Come on, dude! You told me you wouldn't tell me, and you wouldn't try to talk me into this." And but he handed me a bat, and it felt so good in my hand. I said, "Ah, just a few swings." <laughs> so he <laughs> he threw me that first pitch, and whack! I nailed it right out onto the highway. I-35 right outside this stadium. And then the next one, I hit another home run. Then the next one, another home run. And then about 10 swings later, I had like seven or eight home runs. I was just launching them all over. And uh, of course, by then I was sweating. I hadn't swung a bat in three months. I was totally out of shape in terms of swinging a bat. So I was done. I was exhausted. But as we were picking up balls in the outfield, I remember looking over at David and I said, Hey, why don't you pray that somehow, some way God will allow me to sign with this team for the last several games of the season. He's like, dude, that's crazy. That's a
0: bold prayer.
1: (laughs) I know, right? And so he said, okay, you know, reluctantly. And we got down on our knees in center field and prayed, God, make it happen. Somehow, some way you can do it. I think I had more faith than him. Hmm. The next night I'm sitting in the stands, David's in the bullpen. And our second baseman, the second baseman for David's team, name was Alex, really good guy. Um, was running from first to second. He slid in, and uh, he sprained his wrist. It wasn't a bad sprain, but it was enough. You know, you get to the end of a minor league season, everybody wants to get hurt because <laughs> right. they want to go home early. Get me out of here. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a bad sprain, but Alex didn't want to play anymore. And this, there was about seven games left of the season. And I remember watching him go into the dugout, and David ran down to the dugout to see what happened. And David came back and said, hey, Alex, uh, is, isn't going to be playing for the rest of the season. And instantly I knew that could be the answer to my prayer. Cause Alex played second. I played second. Hmm. And I said, dude, God could be opening a door. And Dave was like, no, that doesn't work like that. But I mean, you know, in the minor leagues, if one guy gets hurt, they got to bring, they got to move four more guys just to replace one guy. That's you right. know, yep. it's a domino effect. And so I remember, um, Telling David, I said, tomorrow at batting practice, you need to go up to the manager and tell him, listen, as opposed to having to mess with the domino effect and paying for plane tickets and hotel rooms and all this type of stuff, just sign your brother who's actually in the stands. I'll play. I can can even just be a backup utility infielder guy. I don't even have to see the field and you don't have to pay me. David's like, dude, that's the craziest thing ever. I said, please, man. We prayed in faith. Now we actually have to do something. (laughs) <laughs> you know, like faith without works is dead, right? Correct. Yeah. So the very next day, David went and talked to the manager during batting practice, and I remember watching the conversation. And there wasn't much conversation from the manager to David. He didn't really say anything. He just looked at him with this odd look. And so David comes walking back to me, like with his tail between his legs. He's like, "Dude, I knew it, man. I knew he wasn't going to like that idea." <laughs> So, you know, but I had already died to the game of baseball, so I, I knew what dying to your dream felt like. And so I just said, you know what? I gave it my best shot, and it didn't work. That's okay. Two days later, just before we came to the field, there was a phone call on the old rotary phone on the wall, those old school things. Oh, yeah. And at our host family's house where David was staying, and it was the clubhouse manager called and said, hey, David, is your brother still in town? Now, David took the call. I was – I I – heard him on the phone say, yeah, my brother's still in town. So I knew, I said, somebody from Cardinals is calling. <laughs> and, and I just heard him. He said, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then he hung the phone up and he hung the phone up and he turned around and he looked at me with this look like, I can't believe what I just heard. And I said, they want to sign me, don't they? And he said, that was the clubhouse manager. He said, that the minor league coordinator doesn't want to mess with the old domino effect, thought your idea was good and is willing to sign your brother. I said, see, man, God did that. Wow. Only God could do something like that. That night I didn't play. You know, I just knew that I'd be a utility backup. They had another guy that was playing second and it was the next night I was sitting in the dugout and, um, it was 6th six, six that we we're about the sixth inning. And there was a lefty who was playing for the El Paso Diablos. He was throwing a no hit shutout in the sixth inning. <laughs> And uh, David and I were both actually sitting on the bench that night. And one of our uh, – the manager who was coaching third base, we were up to bat. The manager yelled out, Benham, get your bat. And so my brother jumped up. You know, cause I hit from the left side. David hit from the right side. So if a left-handed pitcher is pitching, you're naturally going to put a righty in. Right. So David got up and he said, no, your brother. <laughs> so, I hadn't seen a live pitch in – and whoa, four months, five months or however long it was. And I, and I just, I was so scared. I remember all the guys were giving me their stuff. I had to borrow a helmet, batting gloves, a bat, and stood at the top of the dugout and I said, boys, I'll be right back. <laughs> mm. But by God's grace, I, I broke up the no hitter, hit a double off the center field wall. Next guy ended up getting on. Next guy hit a home run. We ended up winning that game. And here I was after that game interviewing with, you know the 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 local newspaper a line of people waiting for my autograph and i just thought in my head you know 2 days ago i was sitting in the stands eating popcorn and peanuts as a spectator and now i'm in the jersey oh, and and then i prayed a bold prayer and god answered it wow only god could do something like this and i remember afterwards sitting in the clubhouse all the guys were getting changed and our manager came walking in and he said hey guys Great win today, Jason. Great job. Thanks for coming through for our team. Now, listen, I need all of you guys to get here early. There's only four games left of the season. We're going on a road trip. Shreveport is only three hours away. (laughs) And David and I just looked at each other like in stunned amazement like, you've got to be kidding me. Our last four games are in Shreveport, and I'm on the team. It was just – it was so surreal. But the best part of the story was when we got to Shreveport – Long before the team got there, because they were still in the hotel the very next day, David and I found a way to get out onto the field early. There was a gate that was open, and we walked out there. We had already called our dad and told him, and our mom, and they were all planning on coming up for the game that night. And we walked out onto the field. We got down on our knees in center field, the same place that we had prayed back in War Memorial Stadium. Hmm. We got down on our knees in center field, and we prayed, and we said, Lord, For 20 years, we've been driving past this place, and we always prayed that you would get us here on the same team to play in this stadium, and now you've done it. You are a miracle-working God. When we were discouraged and and wanted to throw in the towel, you were behind the scenes putting the pieces of the puzzle together, and we give you praise. And just as we stood up, we turned around from center field, and we looked back, and there in the grandstands was our dad with his hands held high praising the lord and, and as we we it was a moment i mean it was like a movie moment yeah where our dad got an opportunity he had been standing there he got there early didn't tell us and he was watching us pray and we got an opportunity to share that moment with our dad you know and we got to share that moment together and and we got an opportunity to see how amazing god is and what a miracle working god that we have that no matter how dark it gets God is behind the scenes, putting our story into his story. When we got fired by HGTV, you know, 15 years later, God encouraged us so much and just reminded us, boys, remember what I did in Shreveport? Mm -hmm. Well, I can do something like that here. You just trust me. And so we had that testimony and we knew that now was the time for us to release this story.
0: It's such a great story, Jason Benham from the Benham Brothers. The book is called Miracle in Shreveport. I'm going to guess, Jay, that this is going to become a movie because in reading this <laughs> book, and maybe maybe you're laughing, but I really believe that, and it's right on the cover. Alex Kendrick, who's been a part of War Room and Courageous yeah. and so many good movies, says this is the stuff of movies. Well, this is truly the stuff of movies, and maybe the greatest baseball story that hasn't been told but is about to be heard by so many Jason Benham, thanks so much for joining us and sharing it. We look forward to uh, hearing back from you again soon. and, And tell us, tell everybody how they can get the book and obviously on Amazon and all those places, but your website and all the great things you're doing.
1: Well, awesome. And really appreciate you guys having us on Sports Spectrum. You know, my brother and I, I remember we used to get the magazines back when we were in high school and just, we're huge fans of sports spectrums. It always had a big impact on us. So we applaud you for everything that you're doing. Uh, Our book is sold anywhere. Books are sold. A lot of people are buying on Amazon, which is great. And, um, but it's, people can connect with us on Benham And one little interesting tidbit, um, before we close, there was a, um, uh, a guy, I don't know, he's some sports writer somewhere, I think it's in California, and, he, and he's doing, he's reading 40 baseball books in 40 days leading up to, it was leading up to um, the home opener of baseball, and, uh, and he was doing a, a public review on each book. And wow. his particular review on our book, because he knew it was a baseball book, was that it's 100% impossible that this could have ever happened. Like these brothers are, they don't know what they're talking about. Like they're bending the truth. And David and I, it's just so funny. We just, we know that our God is a miracle working God. And that the the pieces of the puzzle that he put together here, were so amazing that we could have never taken credit for it ourselves. Right. I mean, only God did that. Had I not this creative
0: got- screenwriter could never come up with this story, right? No,
1: I know. <laughs> and it's crazy. And even when I was writing it, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, Lord, I can't believe this is true. I can't believe I have this story. This is
0: crazy. That's so good. You know, so yeah.
1: only God, only God.
0: Amen, my friend. Listen, Jason Benham, we appreciate you joining us here on the Sports Spectrum Podcast. Best wishes, and we'll talk soon. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. And we do thank Jason Benham for joining us here on the Sports Spectrum Podcast, one half of the Benham Brothers, along with his brother David, writing the book Miracle in Shreveport, a memoir of baseball, fatherhood, and the stadium that launched a dream. You can get that on Amazon or go to BenhamBrothers.com to find out more information. It's a great book, a great read, and again, a story that is almost too good to be true. Uh, It's amazing how it all aligned and came together for these guys, and uh, I love hearing their story and wish them nothing but the best. We thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast presented by Compassion International. We're so excited to be partnering with them and their ministry and the amazing work that they're doing. Join us in sponsoring a child at Compassion. The Romano family is all about sponsoring children at Compassion. We sponsor a 13-year-old from Haiti. We love it. We love what Compassion stands for, what they're about. They work exclusively through the local church and communities all over the world. And it's there, the local church, where the people who are the real heroes, not Compassion. And the community can see the kingdom of God at work when the local church becomes the source of life instead of the disease, the hope instead of despair. And when pregnant women and infants survive childbirth instead of perish and get the tools to raise children, not only to survive, but to succeed. Every single child sponsored by Compassion is being discipled in the Word of God. Over 1.8 million children in 25 countries have been impacted by the wonderful work with Compassion. So join us. You will never regret it. $38 a month is all it takes. You provide food, you provide education and tutoring, medical care, everything, the basic needs that children need and deserve. Your $38 goes right towards that. And it's amazing to watch what's happening with over 1.8 million children around the world. And we want to help sponsor the next children who are still waiting right now for help and for hope. And you can be that person and make a difference. Go to Compassion.com to sponsor a child today. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Sports Spectrum Podcast. You can always reach us via email. My email is Jason at SportsSpectrum.com. You can let us know any guest ideas you might have or how you how you came about finding the podcast, and if you have any ideas or what you think about the guests that we've already had on, would love to hear from you. You can also reach us on Twitter at sports underscore spectrum and on Instagram and Facebook as well. You can also listen to all of our programming on our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and search Sports Spectrum. And, of course, all of our content can be found at sportsspectrum.com. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time right here on the Sports Spectrum Podcast.